And now, the hunt for the perfect album. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the hunt for the perfect album. How you doing, mate? I'm doing good. I am nervous. <laughs> um... Okay, so let's let's talk about Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds, which is the album that you gave me this week. Yep. Uh, using the word album loosely, it's like four albums. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't kidding when you said that people of your age grew up with this thing. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia now. It was number five on the chart and has sold over 2.7 million copies. In 2018, it was the UK's 32nd best-selling album of all time. <laughs> That's it's one of those perennials. What this album is, I have it's, to say. Yeah, it it is one of those sort of perennials because a because it's kind of unique, I guess. But yeah, um, it just kind of keeps on reviving. He, he did revive it. Uh, he he did end up doing a stage thing of it, I think. But he did do a revival sense. version in, I want to say, like the nineties or the early two thousands. Yeah, which is not as good. Yeah, okay. He it, it, yep. it tried to modernise it. It didn't work. This works as a 70s prog rock album. It, does, it didn't yeah. work once you start adding in kind of electronic elements and things. It was, nah, yep. leave it as it was, Jeff. So did you did you discover this through your parents then? Is this one of the other uh, Not through parents? my parents because they were far more traditional. They were, they yep. were listening. Mum was Folk. listening to classical music. Dad was listening to... 50s rock and yeah, okay, yeah. that sort of thing um but almost all of my friends parents had this along yeah. with other 70 staples like sort of tubular bells and and dark yeah. side of the moon and all of the wall and all the stuff that everyone had um so i sort of got exposed to it in through numerous places and then ended up getting a um it was on would have been on tape i think yeah or right. tapes okay there were, yeah, there, yeah. There, there were at least two of them um and yeah, played it till it died and then yeah. got it on CD and lost that and now have it on vinyl. Yeah. All right. Would you like to hear my thoughts? I, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, hit me. I know at okay. least one member of your family likes it. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I sent you a video of my five-year-old jamming out to it. She loved it until she asked me if we could skip it. But she loved it to start with. Let's let's get into it. Okay. I'll tell you my journey with this album. Yep. Um. I look at it and I'm like, Dave is a brave man. Like, you know, I understand, you know that I love classic sci-fi. I love monster movies and all that kind of stuff. You know that I have quite a diverse taste in music. So I can see like why you thought, yeah, this would be cool. But then a part of me was going, wow, there's like 11 minute long tracks here (laughs) um, that are just at times quite repetitive music. Um, it's like an hour and a half in total. Like, I'm like, Dave is brave. Like, this is... <laughs> to, to say that there are no skippable tracks here, that's a ballsy statement. <laughs> so I start listening to it. And the first track, The Eve of War, comes on. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's kind of... Why is Richard it's... Burton talking on a music album? Oh, I love that. I love that. Like I said, okay, I'm a, I'm a big you know classic sci-fi fan i thought richard burton's narration throughout this whole thing was fantastic i'm just gonna say that up front (laughs) and so the first track comes on i'm like okay this is kind of cool it's kind of cheesy in 70s in in you know its own kind of you know there's pan flute and stuff i'm like this is it's a bit cheesy (laughs) 
the next track comes on, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, it's kind of cool. I listen to about three or four tracks, and I'm like, I'm out of time. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll, p- I'll pick it up again later. The next day, I'm going for a walk, and I cannot get that first track out of my fucking head. <laughs> I'm just, wa- and I'm just singing, <laughs> you know, the chances <laughs> of anything <laughs> coming <laughs> from Mars was a million to one. He said, <laughs> like that is repeating in my head, like a fu- like a, it cannot get out. And I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got to listen to this thing. I fucking loved this album, Dave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I put it back on. And I've listened to the entire thing start to finish maybe five times, which is saying something given how long this is. Yeah. From that moment, like when I first listened to it, I was like, yeah, okay, it's kind of, it's a bit cheesy. It's a bit campy in 70s. And, but it's, it's got a real sort of original Doctor Who series yeah, sort of a vibe. I couldn't get that out of my head. And then I listened to it and I'm like, this is genius. This is actually extremely competent composition. Yep. Like it's, it's extremely diverse. Like some tracks are straight up disco, some tracks yeah. almost have a bit of a new metal sound to them. Then you've got tracks that are completely, you know, traditional folk songs, kind of folk ballads. Like fifty percent of the songs have no lyrics at all. It's just music with narration, and then there's some that are straight up, you know, pop songs, like yeah, fully lyricized and sung, like. Don't get me wrong, I don't absolutely love every track, but... Oh, there's I mean, definitely highs and lows. This, I mean, it is, it's, extr- like, it's really, really good. Like, it's really good. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased. I, I thought you would like it, but I was nervous because, it, A, it's long and it's kind of weird and unique and it's, it, yeah. Yeah, but, no, it's great though. So that first track is probably my favourite. Like, there are a lot that I enjoy. It's... Th- it's the one that sticks in your head. It's it is the one that sticks in your head, but I have to <clears> say <throat> the instrumentation across the entire album is really cool. Like I mentioned mm. the pan flute, which kind of gives us that melody that then is sung, and that's the only sung bit of this entire, you know, nine minute long track. It's yeah. it's predominantly instrumental with narration and then there's just that one chorus that's sung at the end, which is a real earworm. I love the way that the tracks blend together i think that's the one thing that i think a remaster could maybe help is that obviously when it was originally released it's across multiple sides of albums so yep you know you get kind of runs of three or four tracks that blend together and then you get a fade fade yep. out and then it picks back up and i, I wish that it <laughs> ran together seamlessly the whole time yep because some of those transitions are brilliant the transition from track one to track two where you get, I don't even know what the instrument is that starts that piece. I'm guessing that it's a synth put through multiple kind of filters and stuff. You know, I think of the old, the classic story that most of Deep Purple stuff that sounds like guitar is an organ run through an amp. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm, I'm getting those kind of vibes. And then when it transitions from that sound into a very clean, almost acoustic bass, giving us that run. I love track two as well. I think it's fantastic. Next morning, a crowd gathered on the common, hypnotized by the unscrewing of the cylinder. Two feet of shining screw projected when, suddenly, the lid fell off. Two luminous, 
disc-like eyes appeared above the rim. A huge, rounded bulk, larger than a bear, rose up slowly, glistening like wet leather. Its lipless mouth quivered and slapped, and snake-like tentacles writhed as the clumsy body heaved and pulsated. Yeah, to, in, to me, I, even having heard it probably hundreds of times, yeah. I can't differentiate between The Eve of War and Horschel Common and The Heat Ray, track two. Yeah. I, I can't sort of delineate them in my mind. To me, that's all just the bit until you get to David Essex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the first bit, then you've got the artilleryman bit, You've got Justin Hayward's bit yeah. with his big song. Yeah. And then you've got kind of storytelling bit. And then you've got Phil Lynott's uh, priest, preacher bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in my mind, with the exception of probably Forever Autumn, they're not distinct tracks. To, in, in my mind, it's just kind of yeah. this, this one long piece, I See, guess. Maybe it's just because I've listened to it on repeat basically for the last couple of days i can differentiate the tracks and you know so i do i do have some that i don't like as much as others i think the second half of what i'm going to differentiate these in acts so you've got disc one disc two side two of disc one which i'm going to refer to as act one like the end of act one i think is probably the weakest for me i i reckon i i know well i can tell that i'm guessing forever autumn is your favorite track it screams Um, dave to me i love it because i love i love the moody blues and i love justin hayward so that helps um i I adore that that song but i mean eve of war is probably my favorite yeah thunder child is where for me it's a little bit songy it's, I actually much prefer the, I, I much prefer the instrumental stuff. But yep. I have to say, the more I listen to it, the more I find the songs getting stuck in my head. Flashing ropes and smashing timbers Flashing heat rays pierce the deck Dashing hopes for our deliverance As we watch the sinking wreck With the smoke of battle clearing Over graves and waves defiled Farewell, thunder, child. Slowly disappearing. Farewell, thunder, child. Which probably means that they're better than I'm giving them credit for. But they are the ones that, for me, drag it down as a little bit cheesy because you're right. This isn't. It's not a musical. No. It's it's a musical adaptation of a story, but most of it is done through instrumentation. Mm. And I think it's really clever the way that you're able to. Maybe it's just because I know the story because, like I said, I like sci-fi and stuff. But you can hear the progression of the story as the music changes. I think. Yeah, And the little pieces of Richard Burton's narration are just a really nice touch, but I almost would prefer if that just kept up. And I think once we get the singing, for me, it almost breaks the flow of the story a bit. Yeah, I can understand that. 
particularly something like Forever Autumn where it is more because that's not a character singing that track that's more like narration but it's not Richard Burton so it's a little bit off well it, it's uh, Justin Hayward is the, he is the kind of a sung thoughts yes in, uh, of Richard Burton yes. as a younger man I guess yeah. so Burton's telling this all in sort of hind you know after the fact looking back yeah. and then you've got Justin Hayward doing his bits as he remembers them. So I guess it's kind of Burton singing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Through autumn's golden gown We used to kick our way You always love this time of year Those fall leaves lie undisturbed now cause you're not here cause you're not here cause you're not here yeah so then we flip over to disc two where i have probably my second favorite track the red weed which again is instrumental and yep. to me that is a phenomenal <clears throat> piece of composition like we're now in the territory of true storytelling through song where yep. this this is like a film score at this point and it really gives that feel of being on another planet mm. like i think the instrumentation the the choices the composition everything it really it feels otherworldly and i love it i think it's great Spirit of Man, <laughs> which again, oh is... no, Nathaniel, <laughs> that's the best bit of it. Actually, that's the bit that keeps get stuck in my. I was going to say when you're talking no, about earworms, Nathaniel, no. no, Nathaniel, no. <laughs> that that one line keeps getting stuck in my head, but the rest of it, I got to say, of all the cast, I think Phil Lynott's the weakest. Oh my, and God, I love Thin Lizzy, terrible, but... <laughs> isn't he? he's so bad as the preacher. No. It's a devil from another world. <laughs> like, he's just awful. He really drags it down. <laughs> yeah, he is He is the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, so I think because he is such a large part of that act of, you know, the story, yep. that's why, even though I love the red weed, that's where it starts to weaken for me, and it sticks a little bit from there. I, I think the, la- like the ending, I don't think this necessarily sticks the landing. I think for me side four like the finale pieces 
other yep. weakest. I don't mind Brave New World, but I don't really love that entire end. I think, For I, me, there's nothing that sticks in my head as strongly as The Eve of War <clears> or The Red Weed or some of those really nicely composed pieces. Did I want Pray, I said Destroy the devil, I said They would listen Save the world But now it's too late Too late No, Nathaniel Oh, no, Nathaniel No, Nathaniel, no There must be more to life There has to be a yep. way No, I'm, I'm, I'm probably with you uh, For me um, it, acts one and two are, are always been my favourites. Um, I, I love the red weed and, and yeah, no Nathaniel. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm with you there. Um, partly due to the length of it, I think. I, I say I've listened to this whole thing hundreds of times. I've listened to the first half to two thirds hundreds of times. Th- yeah, that's but because of because of the too. length. Yeah. I've the, the the side four. Yes, has probably had about half the number of playthroughs yeah. as everything else, just because. You kind of don't often get to it, yeah, and you also don't you don't feel like too. you're missing anything. In some <laughs> ways, that's why I listen to this so many times because I would have to put it down to do something else, and then when I went to go back to listen to it, instead of starting at the end, which I maybe hadn't even listened to at all yet, I just <laughs> I just went back to Eve of War because it's so good and just let it yeah. run from there because that's how I, you I kind of would me find down. it very hard to put this on and not start with. No one could have believed in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, is, that's where it starts. You've that's got to where start you with that. Me because we're looking for an unskippable album. By giving me a concept album, you kind of you rigged the game a little bit because it's a story. You got to listen to it from start to finish. So every I must time admit, I put it on, I just went back to the start. I was so I excited to make you listen twice. to it that I kind of mentally glossed over the no skippable tracks because I probably, d- I don't <laughs> think there are no skippable tracks. Well, um, I actually don't know. I think on I, I kind first of think listen, there's no skippable tracks, but going back to it, I, I yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's a hard one. I don't necessarily say that I would skip tracks. What I would do is not finish it. Like I would, and yeah. I guess that counts as skipping tracks. Yeah. But I would, I would almost always listen to at least tracks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like right up to the end of side three. Yep. Even the ones I don't necessarily love, like Spirit of Man and Forever Autumn, I'm not going to skip them. Like, I'm going to listen to them. Like I No, because it is good. kind of, it is, even though it's broken into tracks, it is kind of one long yeah. journey, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's great. I, I'm all here for the, uh, the you know, let's bring back the concept album. Like, well, they were did... big in the 70s. We had, like, Tommy with The Who. Yeah. Even, like, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, you know, I'm going to give you a concept album at some point, which is more recent from the early 2000s, but let's bring them back. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know what a huge... Pro- I mean, I probably listen to more 70s prog rock than any <laughs> musical genre, so I'm all yeah. there for 25-minute long sides of <laughs> albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. One like thing which I... I'm uh, big into Dream Theater and Tool. You're not <laughs> a Tool fan, though, are you? No, my 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 prog love is is much more in the seventies. Yeah. Um, Dream Theater. There's one album that I like because someone told me that I should listen to it, and I did enjoy it. But generally speaking, they're kind of heavier than I. Yeah. yeah. I like. I'll I'll yeah. listen to King Crimson or something instead. 
Um, yeah. I did look. So Jeff Wayne, you would think, would have this enormous. This is almost his entire career. Yeah, right. He did another one, which is Jeff Wayne's musical version of Spartacus. Oh, which I would love to listen to. You can't find it for love or money. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's crap. I, I I've never I've never met anyone that's heard it. I know Set it exists because it's on. I'm going to see if I can. If you can find it, I'm pretty good at finding things. You are pretty good at finding <laughs> it. You ferret shit out. Um, yeah. If you can find it, I would love to hear it because, I mean, just based on this, I, it's got to be worth listening to. But uh, I've never been able to come across it. Um, the one thing which we, we haven't touched on, which I think is one of the most genius things, is how he's managed to give voice to the aliens. Yeah. So, I mean, you would know from the book that they they make sounds, uh, you know, the, the, the ala, 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 or whatever in, in, the, in yep. the book. The However he's created that, yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's affecting stuff. It is, yeah. I think all of his instrumentation and the production is really clever. It's really clever. And like I said, the transition between the tracks, which often it does use that kind of sound as the transition point. Um, it's very well put together. I still remember actually the f- the first time I ever heard this, and I would have been. I found Spartacus. Gee, fuck, three minutes it took you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it um, I I would have been probably under ten, maybe like eight or nine, the first time this got played at a friend's place, and I almost shat myself when um. Is it in? Th- it's either in Thunderchild or Redweed. I think when you first hear that that ooh la, yeah, um, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, they had it cranked right up. <laughs> Just blew our tiny child minds. <laughs> uh, fra- tiny fragile minds. <laughs> um, yes, I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm going to give this an eight out of ten. Like I said, there's oh, definitely so tracks pleased. that I would skip, but the ones yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy very immensely <laughs> I think oh, they're really good fantastic I'm really pleased like it's not for everyone don't get me wrong like patrons I don't know how many of you would get a kick out of this but I I definitely think it's worth listening to and if you've enjoyed the little samples that you've heard in this episode go yeah. check out the whole thing just sit down and yeah oh, this, this is one to put on sit back in a comfy chair with the lights down low with a nice drink and just have a story wash over you yeah Hundred percent, and just yeah, try not to get too distracted by. It's a demon. <laughs> it is a demon. <laughs> like, I don't even know his it. accent. Even he's Irish. He's a black right, Irishman. Okay. He doesn't sound Irish. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's he's a, he's. It's a yeah, devil. He's, he's the only black Irish heavy metal <laughs> singer I know. It's, I remember because I used to see. Um, had fr- friends who were into, you know, Thin Lizzy and would pl- put on Thin Lizzy and the boys are back in town and I liked it. Um, the first time I saw them live, I was like, really? <laughs> and then I heard him talk in interviews and he's full Irish brogue yeah. coming out of a tall, skinny black guy with an afro who looks like he's <laughs> off the set of different strokes. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this bit, bits of my brain warring with one another trying to process this. <laughs> All right, well, now we come to the trickiest part of the show, which is me deciding what to task you with next week. Ooh. Jeff Wayne Spartacus. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, like I said, I've got an I've got a concept <clears throat> album, but do I go with that straight after this one? I've, ooh. I'm gonna hit you with some punk. Nice. Um, and classic I'm, punk, new punk, new punk. Oh, okay. Um, British punk. Right. Uh, a little band from a town called Pity Me. <laughs> In Durham, England, I just I love punks it. from Durham. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a band called Martha. Uh, they formed in the early 2010s. They've got three albums out. I love all <laughs> just of them. Processing a punk band from Durham <laughs> called Martha. Oh, mate, you, you wait until you hear them. They have the best fucking accents in the world. And I love it when you get accents coming through in songs because it's oh. it's it's not meant to be possible. I remember reading that. In much the same way that um, if you've got a speech impediment like a stammer, it doesn't come through in songs because it's a different part of your brain. I mean, you only need to singing to, Billy to brag to know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but then occasion, well, it's often when people do like kind of talky singing. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it's a, they're using a different part of the brain. But usually, um, so you listen to the Cranberries and you, you you get a little bit, but you certainly don't get the accent that you get when you would if you would hear her speaking. Yeah. Um, so when you hear something like the Proclaimers, it's like, how yeah. do you do that? Oh, yeah. Most people can't do that. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that you're going to enjoy Martha. Um, they are one of my favorite more modern bands. Um, very kind of pop punk, indie punk kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the accents. Like I said, they've got three albums out and I'm just tossing up which one to give you. I think I'm going to go with their first album, which is Courting Strong. Okay. Um, and we'll see how you feel about that one. If you dig it, then I'd recommend going and checking out the rest of their stuff. But All right. I'm keen. And they're named after one of my favourite Tom Waits songs, so that's good. <laughs> All righty. Looking forward to that. All right. Excellent. I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that one. I hope you like it. I hope you at least get a kick out of the accents. It's one of those... For me, it's like when I listen to The Cure. You listen to it and you cannot help but sing and just try mimic as best you can. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be fun. Uh, thank you for joining us, patrons, on this Hunt for the Perfect album. I hope that you enjoy Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds. And Dave, I'm going to send you a link in about an hour or two to... Uh, his musical version of Spartacus. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Almost as excited as I am about Martha. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. in us and we're dead, right? So we gotta make a new life where they'll never find us. You know where? Underground. You should see it down there. Hundreds of miles of drains. Sweet and clean now after the rain. Dark, quiet, safe. We can build houses and everything. Start again from scratch. And what's so bad about living underground, eh? It's not been so great living up here, if you want my opinion.